Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's episode, I am joined by the wonderful Julia Helena Hadass to talk all about astrology for witches. Our book review today is actually Julia's book, The Modern Witchcraft Book of Astrology. I was very fortunate to be sent this book by the publishers. I'm lucky to have a few books sent to me every now and again, but not all make it onto the show. And I will always let you know if it's one that I've been sent. But this book, wow, prepare for me to just geek out on this one. Astrology has always been an area I have dabbled in, but being quite intimidated by. However, when I picked up this book, so many things made sense for once. As someone a bit wafty and unsciencey, my tiny mind finally understood things like how the sun, the moon and the earth work together. Finally, I had one easy to understand book on the different houses within your birth chart. So I've been gradually piecing together my birth chart, figuring out why I'm like this, lol. Honestly, I think schools should make us do our birth charts. It would save us a lot of hassle. This book has so many aspects I hadn't considered enough about, such as working with the elements and astrology, how I can balance out the elemental energy in my chart a bit more. I love the chapter on cosmic witchcraft essentials, where Julia delves into the crystals and herbs linked to each planet and their themes, and how to use each to connect with the cosmos. Also, the Sabbaths, chakras, colors of the cosmos, celestial bodies, and even how to cast a celestial spell. The second section of the book focuses on spells for every astrological season. So this book in my mind could become a wonderful workbook you could work through throughout the year, harnessing that astrological season's energy. And it makes so much sense as the spells really relate to the different properties of each astrological sign. I have three books that now live permanently on my altar. Lunar Living by Kirsty Gallagher, The Modern Witchcraft Book of Tarot written by Sky Alexander, and this book, as all three are amazing, straightforward reference books I can use all year round. I love the writing in this book, woven into the factual side of the book is some beautiful writing. This book really is a labour of love. And you can tell this, such as the opening to chapter one. 
from ancient prophets mapping the planet's movements in the night sky to divine a god's will to the modern witch watching the lunar eclipse out of her window as she lights a candle the blending of witchcraft and astrology is a time-honored tradition while their roles in society have certainly shifted over the centuries astrology and witchcraft continue to provide valuable insight to anyone wishing to learn more about themselves and unravel and use the magic and power of the stars. The book is also beautiful. It's a lovely hardback book, very, very witchy looking. Join me after the break where I'm so excited to speak to the author herself, Julia Helena Hadass. Helena Hadass. She is a practicing witch, an avid craft cocktail fanatic and bartender. Having worked at a distillery and as a craft cocktail bartender in the San Francisco Bay Area, she combined her love of the craft cocktail movement with her witchcraft practice. She holds a BA in anthropology and is a certified crystal healer, shamanic and Reiki practitioner. You can learn more at her blog, witchcraftcocktails.com or her website, firelotuscreations.com. I will put all of this in the show notes. And she is the author of The Modern Witchcraft Book of Astrology, Witchcraft Cocktails and Moon Magic Mixology. Welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. And your podcast is just absolutely lovely. I was listening to you talk about Rowan the other day, and I was just so inspired, especially with spring around the corner and all just the fae energy. So it was absolutely lovely. Oh, thank you. What an impressive intro. You are a woman of so many talents, honestly. <laughs> I can't. I was on your website like, what can this lady not do? So I'm so honored to have you here, honestly, honestly. And I, I've already been waxing lyrical. So at the beginning of the show about your new book, which I'm really excited to get into. I absolutely love it. Um, but before we go there, Julia, can you talk us through how you came to the craft? Yeah, absolutely. So I think this, you know, everyone always has a really interesting story for this because, you know, especially mm -hmm. a lot of us, we find our way there in unique ways. Not a lot of us are, are born into it per se, although there are definitely people that are. Um, and so this was something, you know, that I, I was kind of like searching for my whole life, you know, inside of me, always looking for it in different ways. Um, so I was a kid that like loved to read mythology, um, you know, fantasy novels. So that's why, like when we were talking about Rowan the other day and like all the Fae stuff, like I just love all the mythology around different types of Fae and things like that. But um, my family is um, 
you know, they're Catholic in, in their, um, their practices or how they were brought up. And so I wasn't even aware that people practice things like modern day paganism or witchcraft. And so, yeah. you know, when I started learning about ancient cultures and stuff, and like, I hate to be, well, I don't know if I hate to be, but <laughs> you stereotypical witch, um, cats are a huge thing for me. And so when I, you know, learned about ancient um, cultures and like ancient Egypt, like, of course, you know, I started working with the cat deity Bast. Um, huh? Um, yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, immediately began kind of my, my own practice, but I didn't know that people were practicing it. And it wasn't until I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was just so familiar with all of this mythology um, and all of these, these lores and ideas that like I was pretty familiar with a lot of the creatures that they had on that show. You know, it wasn't like anything completely made up there um, from yes. their own imagination. It was off of existing lore and um, ideas. And so when Willow, I don't know if you're familiar with Buffy at all. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. I had a brother okay. who was who had he was just swooning over Buffy all the time. He had a huge <laughs> crush on her. So I was subjected to it a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like when Willow became Wiccan, I was like, I have never heard of this before. You know, I was like just before high school. Um, I was watching this and I was like, I haven't heard of this, but everything else I'm familiar. And so I went down this whole rabbit hole with like learning about Wicca, I, you know, I rented um, some books from my public library and uh, I didn't end up being Wiccan, but it kind of just started my path for me. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, how everything kind of comes in alignment. So I was studying myself on the side and then finally my family took a trip to Sedona, Arizona, which is just like, if you ever go to Arizona, um, it's this just beautiful place with red rocks. It's super new agey though. And so, yeah. you know, my family didn't care for that, but I did. So it was just all these little things. Um, and then eventually I found my own local witch shop and began my studies. I love this. And actually thinking of the Buffy era, we were actually yeah. talking about this the other day on a Patreon, like a witchy chat. It was such a different time for getting hold of like witchy books because I know yes. me and my brother literally had like I remember he had this silver raven wolf book and we would mm -hmm. fight over it. I would always be sneaking it away. And you know, it's like <laughs> going to the library, like even libraries, you know, they would have witchcraft books pinched because it just wasn't enough. Like you yes. couldn't just hit, you couldn't just go to your I mean, I know you were saying about going to a witch shop, but it was just such a different time getting hold of any literature. You know, it was really yes. difficult to go down the rabbit hole then. So I can, Absolutely. yeah, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that like was even, so <laughs> yes, I know there's such a plethora. And like, even, I mean, I don't know if you ever did this, but like, I ended up joining this like online forum. I don't even remember the name of it. It was the most popular one people talk about is like Witch Box. Uh, but that was not the one I was honestly like witch forum you know talking with a bunch of people I was uh, you know about about witchcraft and stuff so there were just so limited resources you know so you just like every little corner you could find a little something you know you kind of dove into it absolutely no I really do sympathize because I kind of I went through the exact same experience at that time and coming back to good witchcraft books, because that was also the thing, it was like the quality <laughs> of what was out there at that time. But I'm going to talk about your book. I love how, actually, I mean, I love the writing in general, because this book is full of fact, but the way that you wrote some of the introduction just really spoke to me as incredibly poetic and so on. I love how your introduction as well to your book explains that 
astrology and witchcraft are a natural pairing and I absolutely agree can you explain to our listeners the format of your book and how they can work with it to weave astrology into their craft yeah absolutely and I'm so glad to hear that you loved it so much I was definitely a labor of love like you know to the stars um and so I put a lot of you know research into it but also I love to make things you know approachable for people um I always you know think our our witchcraft is as unique as our taste preferences you know our flavor preferences and this is where my mixology stuff comes in Um, And so I I think it's important, you know, to develop foundational knowledge, but also to give people room to explore what works and sticks for them. And astrology is so complex. People spend lifetimes learning this stuff. Um, You know, if you listen to even like the, the top astrologers, they're talking about how they they study this. They're, they're still they still always consider themselves students. So it's really you know a really complex discipline. And so it's I feel like it's important to frame these things in a way that is digestible and applicable. But also we can modify it according to what resonates for us and what doesn't. Because it's all about healing and you know our what we want for our lives to manifest. Um, and so. On that note, like astrology is definitely interwoven with witchcraft. Um, I feel like a lot of this kind of this era where we got really separated, of course, from these ancient practices, but the root of astrology is interwoven into, you know, all of cultures across the globe of, of how they transitioned through the seasons. You know, the stars were a big part of that, um, how they understood what was happening around them, the myth, the ideas that kind of colored their understanding of life and the deities was in the stars. And so it was a really integral part early on. Um, and so for my book, for how I laid it on, because I want to I want to give people stuff, you know, that they can like take it or leave it, you know, so finding what works for you. And so developing that foundational knowledge, we start off kind of with um, a little bit, just a little bit of history, a little bit of science. I did study some astronomy in college. So I wanted to give like a little bit of background. It helps to understand, you know, when you're talking about astrology, um, especially it brings into perspective that how we see the stars is really unique to our position in the universe. You know, you go anywhere else in the universe and the constellations would be totally different. So how we view the stars is really the, the myths and idea, the archetypes of our, our lifetimes. And so, uh, you know, I start off with just a little bit of that teeny bit of, I don't want to, you know, go too deeply into those things, but a little bit of foundational knowledge. We talk about the astrological elements, which are really the foundational part of both astrology and witchcraft. So immediately tying it together there, um, going into the kind of the myth of the stars, the stories. So when you have a little bit of background of why these archetypes are the way they are, it helps you understand how you can use these things in your magic. Um, the houses. So even if you don't know your birth chart, you have a little bit of understanding of of how to utilize astrology and your witchcraft, celestial bodies that talk about the planets, but also a couple of other celestial bodies, you know, Comet Chiron. Um, We have a few asteroids in there, um, just to add a little bit of variety to show people the way that astrology is always expanding. 
Um, and then these spells are organized by season. And so the reason why I did that is because witchcraft is, a lot of us, it's, it's tuned to nature. It's a seasonal practice, whether you're using herbs, you know, plant spirits, or you're celebrating the wheel of the year, it's about being in, in tune with nature and season, not for everyone, but for a lot of people. And so when you can understand things to the perspective of Aries season, Taurus season, it begins to make a lot more sense um, and also gives a seasonal approach, but also at the same time, whatever sign the sun is in, the new moon is in, and the full moon is in the opposite sign in the zodiac. I hope that's not too complicated, but that creates it so that way whenever you know it's Aries season, you know that you know the new moon is going to be in Aries, you know the full moon is going to be in Libra. And so it kind of begins to create this understanding of astrology as a cycle in the same way the wheel of the year is a cycle and what these different orientations have to do. But also, I made it to be flexible. I included multiple astrological times for all of the spells, um, as well as celestial bot, you know, relevancies with celestial bodies, because even if you don't want to practice it through going through the seasons, um, you know, you can choose for whatever time because every house, every celestial body is associated with different, you know, elemental energy with a different season. So let's say that maybe it's not Aries season, but you know, for again, Jupiter's moving into Aries, right? So you can kind of look at the Aries section and interweave some of the Jupiter herbs or combine an Aries season spell um, there with a little bit of a Jupiter spell from Sagittarius season. Hopefully this is not getting too complex, but I wanted to create something that like, you know, you could just kind of flip to and use the spells as a foundational point to kind of mix and match according to how complex you want to make it. I love it. Honestly, that's such a good explanation of it. And I love the way. So this, funnily enough, a couple of weeks before your lovely book arrived in my sticky little paws, a friend of mine, she and I, her and I, brother, have been working on our birth charts and really getting into it. And it's, it's you know, I've done, I've dabbled a little bit on that front, but she lent me a book and I was like, oh, just, just, I'm not getting into this. I'm struggling working on mine using this. Then this turned up. I felt I completely had clarity on what I could look into for each house in my birth chart from this book alone. I also felt like I love the way it's split into two parts where you've got like the second half with all of the spell work, but there is so much because I, it's just, a, you could literally treat this as a study, you know, if you could go as deep <laughs> yeah. as you want to, yeah. or as surface level, like just dipping in and out of it. But if you wanted to go into it as a real study, oh my goodness, it, you know, you could just go so deep and learn so much. But I love how you got in there. And it's such a witchy take on it. Again, it's like, a, it's you know, for a, for a witch, this is like, yes, this covers everything. So you've got the herbs in there, you've got the crystals, you've got the Sabbaths, you've got like this, you know, even the parts about the chakras, there were so many parts in here. Um, yes. And then, um, I'm going to kind of get into another part and, you know, I'm kind of getting really excited about this, but... <laughs> <laughs> honestly there were so many like aha moments for me and I was like oh my goodness like this is a real there are lots of bits in this that have changed what I am doing as a result so thank you Julia wow yeah I'll talk on that in another part of the interview I wanted to ask you something on that 
I'm actually really curious because I know you are very talented in different aspects of what you've written on and so on, but what practices relating to astrology do you intertwine into your own craft? Yeah. So again, one part of how I love to do things is to make things, once you have the knowledge and are comfortable with it, making it flexible according to, to your life. And so I do the same way in my craft. I think I've come to a place and I don't know if you've had the same experience where it's like when you get to a certain point there's just so many fluctuations in life and there are certain practices that I do regularly to develop a certain sense of stability but at the same time I've learned to improvise according to what's going on so um, I don't do things I do things kind of in phases you know so depending yeah. on how I'm feeling um, so one thing like the most simplest and mundane way is which a lot of witches do is just working with the days of the week um and that becomes a great way to just kind of organize things if you have lots of things going on but like let's say you know may maybe i make sometimes what i'll do is friday will be my beauty day you know so um because friday is ruled by by venus you know and so mm -hmm. i'll do like just a little extra you know self-care or take a bath or like you know tweeze my eyebrows or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, if I'm really working on getting my fitness together, um, really orienting that on like Tuesday, and, you know, ruled by Mars into that physical activity. And so like on the more mundane level, you know, if I'm in a good, good place in my life and not moving as I just did, <laughs> you know, and I have access to my full wardrobe or whatever, I'll choose colors according to the planetary ruler. Um, and that's just like a really simple way to just to begin to direct your focus towards that energy. But the biggest thing I think a, a lot of witches can kind of relate to is the cycles of the sun and the moon. Um, and so understanding what astrological season it is, you know, what sun the sign is in, the moon, you know, what kind of lunar cycles are we dealing with? And then you get more complex, you can understand more significant astrological bodies or transits or things like that. Um, and I really use that as a way to focus and fine tune my magic. So there's kind of like two ways to look at it, which is like on one hand, certain things like retrograde periods or more harder aspects become an opportunity that I like to use for healing. So I like know, okay, this certain theme is coming into my life right now, or it's going to be coming up um, based off of what I can see is happening astrologically. So if it's more of a harder or challenging or presenting themes, I like to focus it on it for healing. So I think healing is obviously, you know, <laughs> my bio, you know, I'm pretty big into energy work, which is also what I really put in this book is attuning yeah. to astrological energy for healing purposes. So uh, I start each section with a meditation to connect to the elemental energy and how it's expressed through that sign. And that also becomes a developmental tool for foundational aspects of witchcraft. But also then it's followed by um, an energy alignment. And I incorporate the element as well as just a couple crystals, but you know, always improvise, you know, if you don't have certain stones, do whatever works best for you. Clear quartz is always, you know, something you can use. Um, but 
you can connect to the energy of the stars for, for healing purposes, whether you want to do a little bit of, of healing work, attuning to that energy to, to heal past experiences or to clear out blockages to help you manifest better. So when you, if you clear out blockages, it really helps you bring the new things into your life, or you can do energy work or healing to like bolster your spouse, you know? So if you're yeah. tuned to that astrological energy and you're doing a little bit of like Aries themed healing, you could just be imbued with this fiery go-getter energy before you jump into spell work for confidence or starting things off with success or new projects. Um, and so that's kind of how I weave witchcraft in my own practices, understanding based off of what's happening um, on the basics of it or what I am personally, my energy is tuning into. Okay, is this more of something that I need to focus for healing or is it a really great opportunity time for me? Um, you know, Jupiter's making a wonderful aspect in my chart if you want to get that complex or, you know, just something exciting is happening in the skies that all everyone's talking about. You can use it as a period to orient your spells or success and being just potentially um, more successful than you would otherwise have them be. So it's being a little bit of flexible on, on my end is understanding the healing aspect. If it's something that maybe it's a retrograde period or something else, it's a little more challenging. How can I use that for healing? Because these themes are coming up for a reason to help me be better with my spell work or to clear the way for manifestation. Um, or if it's a really great time, a really great period, how can I use that for witchcraft to bring in certain things? And there's always these moments, you know, whether you want to work with something as teeny as Venus ruled Friday for abundance or Venus's hour of the day, or there's a greater transit happening, or the moon is in Venus ruled Libra, you know, there's just so many ways to kind of make it work for you, but being in tune to how you're feeling what's going on in your life and looking at that astrological info is, is this something that I want to utilize for healing? Or is this something that I can use to really bolster my magic to be even more successful? Absolutely. No, I, I agree. And I, I, on all of that, there's so many bits there. I'm just sitting here nodding like, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm thinking it's about that. I need to do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I, I just think even at the most basic level, us witches, we always see things like pins on Pinterest, things in, you know, spell books. And it is always like, do this spell on a Saturday, do this spell on a yeah. Friday because it's related to love. And it's like, you know, we don't always take that yes. look into like okay well why is that related to love how is that that you know it's just even yeah. if you do it at that most base level of like understanding this is why you do that on that level for that day rather and just kind of getting it into it out of curiosity at that from as a starting point yeah. um yeah I just think you know there are so many ways that you can go with it um and again that's shown throughout the book there are just there are so many different aspects um, <laughs> within the book that I didn't even think of applying and you know they, they've really kind of been some food for thought for me to filter into my own practice on that note this so I'm not even this is not even lip service there's a lot of books that I do read a lot that don't make it onto the podcast 
your book has actually become one of the free reference books that I now have like full time on my altar. (laughs) So I've got one for the moon, one for tarot and um, your book for astrology. And, you know, they, they are books that I'll kind of reference like constantly because there's themes in there that I can apply regularly. And I'm not, and I do usually need to look up and, you know, I work with throughout the entire year. So I'm really eager to understand what have you experienced in relation to, or how perhaps has your life changed as a witch from when you began on your path of maybe work, writing the book or just generally working with the energy of the planets? Yeah, um, I think the main thing for me personally is is healing um, and being more understanding of the cycles of life of time of the earth the earth moving around the sun in our galaxy and the universe being more aware of those that energy and that cycles and rather than being a victim of it how to work with that and and also be prepared right um you know because there's certain transits that can be challenging but they're more challenging it's so weird how this you know this stuff comes together but it's also not weird at the same time um of when you aren't aware of these certain meanings, they just tend to impact you, you know, much more, (laughs) but when you're in tune with what's happening, it doesn't like rock your boat as much, you know, you're more prepared. It brings your focus. um, And it also brings better balance into your life overall. Like there's general practices for how to, to be happier and, and bring more balance and things. Every, planet, every house, every sign has these different areas of focus. And when you really work with those cycles, it's just you're, you're in the rhythm, you're in the groove, you, you bring more healing and wholeness into your life. Um, and, and also being able to bring up more balance. Um, so personally, for me, just, you know, turning in, tuning into all of these different cycles, it's allowed me to do so much deep healing work that's helped me manifest better as a witch. You know, I've really understood, oh God, I could get like so nerdy about this stuff. It's like, this is where all the healing and like energy work stuff comes in. But it's like, you know, so my family is uh, from Poland, you know, and but one side yeah. is from right after World War II and they had to travel a bit before they came to the US. Um, from you know Poland and the other one came while Poland was occupied by at the time the Soviet Union um and so there's just like so much familial trauma which they don't like of course they don't yeah and so like I'm sure a lot of people can relate but like sometimes your family isn't even aware of you know how much how that generational trauma or expresses itself you know and I feel like when you get into witchcraft and immediately your mindset when you step into witchcraft is empowering yourself you know um and so when you accept that there are ways for things to happen that a lot of possibilities are within your reach you begin to kind of question these thought patterns that are very limiting um, or based in scarcity or whatever kind of mindset and so it's just it completely rewires your brain when you begin to heal and focus on kind of how your mind works and so tuning into that connection between healing astrology and witchcraft for me has really helped me break a lot of those generational patterns um, and really see everything as an opportunity to heal or to move forward in my life. And rather than when life gives you those things that are kind of like a step back, 
you again, it becomes an opportunity of, of how I can use that for healing. And that way, when, you know, things are more um, in beneficial state, then you can make leaps forward. So it's just, it's helped me kind of go more with the flow of life. And, you know, when you're just in tune with the stars, it's so much easier to manifest, <laughs> you know, doing spell work of like knowing uh, of what's going on, working with Jupiter to bring in like, you know, prosperity, but also opportunities into your life or expand, you know, your perspective and your sense of, of ethics and all that stuff. So it's just helped me be more in alignment and healing and uh, be very whole. <laughs> Oh, absolutely agree with you. I almost kind of look back on old me who wasn't aware of these cycles and, you know, didn't yeah. understand why she was having a nervous breakdown every water full moon and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time you're going to understand, dear, why you're having a breakdown at this time of the month or, you know, like in this certain like astrological yeah. month is, you know, it will make sense one day. Just hang on in there. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but like you say, it is, the year just honestly I like you I geek out on all matter of witchcraft <laughs> topics but I do geek out on I just feel like when you come to the craft I almost think of muggles like non-magic you know people that aren't into yes stuff. yes um, I use that word too which shop <laughs> I grew up at I didn't realize that wasn't a common term until I was just you know we all called like people who didn't practice witchcraft muggles from the witch shop that I pretty much grew up in and uh, <laughs> yes, I'm familiar with I, but uh, no one can use that term. <laughs> it's such a polite term, bless them. No, but I do kind of think like when I think on that, I think oh when and kind of when I was a muggle, like I I you know, we came to the craft, yeah. put it down for a year, having you know, for a long time, having my daughter and things like that. And you kind of feel like the year is like there's not a lot to get excited about except for perhaps Christmas and maybe Easter <laughs> you know and, and like the summer but then you kind of find the craft and I don't know about you but every month I'm like oh my goodness you know Mercury's coming out of retrograde it's the full moon in Leo it's this it, like the, it's it, you know it, it's it's in bulk is if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
it's all these things throughout the year that I'm like yeah. just you know excited about and I think that's got to be one of the best parts of there's always something to celebrate there is always yeah. something to celebrate with 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 the craft that's my take on it um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, today, I don't know if it's okay to say this or not, but like today is, is Valentine's Day that we're yes, recording. Yeah. And so like, you know, my partner and I we don't necessarily like, I don't want to <laughs> be too um, a hipster about it, but like, we don't really like celebrate Valentine's Day for the reasons that, you know, the people who want to sell products to us celebrate it. But I love yeah. those like holidays and stuff, uh, whether it's like a more muggle holiday or a witchy holiday as an opportunity to bring your focus to something, you know? And so just having like an excuse to like connect more to that passionate Venus energy or wearing like, you know, pinks and reds and just those little details. Like I, I just love turning in, tuning into those little excuses to change up the everyday and bring your focus to a beautiful energy to work with. Oh, absolutely the same. So like you, I am kind of celebrating today in my own way. So I'm single, but I'm very, very happy. Like I've actually taken yes. a dating. <laughs> I've taken like a dating break for quite a little while now. And um, I've never been happier. And I, I do want to meet, like, obviously we'd love to meet the right person and all of that. Yeah. But I'm just in this period of like, you know, a lot of Aphrodite energy, a lot of <laughs> loving myself went to the gym did an arms day that was my little you know self-love session yeah. I might go out and I might go out and get myself dinner tonight I'm really thinking on that and Ooh. yeah so no what I, are you gonna I get think, um, do you know well well Julia it might have to be a tie because that is my all-time favorite food not too like it's quite healthy but it's just yeah and you know it's, it's a good one so like you I agree we can celebrate these days and we don't have to find the commercialism of them you know it's yeah. just acknowledging love in all of its ways so yes I do love that but I also love the concept of I love a Friday like not just yeah you know because I work for myself so I don't really do the whole Friday feeling thing I always get the Friday feeling that even though I'm not working you know in an office anymore and things like that but yeah, like like using those days for different things Saturday Saturn is always a really good one for yeah. me as well um yeah yeah using those days as well just the days and like even the hours related to how they you know relate to the planets and so on and the dawn and things like that magic is is you know another oh, yes thing the cycles of the sun <laughs> yeah absolutely so many different things that we can harness and bring into just spell work or you know even like manifesting and, and different times of the day when we might meditate or just use that energy and it's it's just I mean wow like the world is really amazing. The, the, the universe of the world is really amazing when you really think about it. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And actually on that subject, one thing I wanted to touch on is like, even though like right now I'm talking about like the days of the week or whatever, I can understand maybe for people coming into the craft that those things, because you mentioned earlier, um, may not exactly make a hundred percent sense. And so I really like you don't have to do certain things on a certain day, you know, do yeah. what is working best for you in your life. If the cycles of the sun, the sunrise, you know, midday, afternoon, dusk are what resonate best with you, like work with that for your astrological practice. Cause the sun is an astrological yes. body, you know? So, um, you know, it doesn't have to be like, if that's why it's kind of wanted to give multiple options in my book. Like every spell has a listing for 
multiple timings or celestial correspondences, but you can even use it outside of that too. Like for example, you know, the moons and Aries, you can look at Aries seasoning spells or whatever, but you know, you don't have to, if working the days of the week is not something that makes sense to you or something that doesn't speak with you or your life just isn't giving you the opportunity to work with that, work with what resonates best with you. If it's just like, for example, I'm looking at this like uh, this Venus Abundance Sugar Bowl spell from my book. And it's like, hey, you know, if Friday doesn't work for you, you can work with, you know, midday energy um, yeah. or noon, you know, if or let's say Venus is making a special transit. So there's just so many ways that it's like, you don't have to work with it this one way. That's just an easy way to start. But if it doesn't resonate with you, you got to adapt your practice according to where you are in your life. And as you continue working on that, you will transform and you just become more of other ways you can work with astrological energy in your witchcraft or more consciously work with it. Because one way or another, you're working with it. It's there. It's just the level of consciousness and awareness that you bring to it that unlocks extra little doors, you know, in your witchcraft practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is that choice, isn't it? And that, that's the thing I think with your book as well. It's very much like giving you all these pointers, giving you that freedom. None of it's like dictatorial. It's very much just here are lots of options. Can I just say, Julia, it's not, it, it's quite a mean feat to write a book on astrology because I am a writer and I can tell you now that is not an area I would feel confident going because it is it is a lot and you've done it <laughs> it's smashing honestly there's one honestly as somebody who is very lacking on the scientific front and you know just anything like this kind of makes me shut down in, in respect of there was one part in this where you talked about the sun on its axis and you know the moon and how like everything sort of tilts and how yeah. it rotates and so on I was like I actually get it <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm glad I was like just, I was 40 years later <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's so nerdy but like when you understand it finally it's just fascinating it's like wow like where we are in the universe is like incredible you know just how I mean I don't know how nerdy you want to get in the podcast but like you know the fact that the moon helps balance you know the way the earth um moves it brings balance to that or like the fact that uh, the, the constellations. Oh God, I'm so so sorry. It's still early. No, like the verbiage is not coming with me. <laughs> but you, but you know, the days of the equinoxes and the solstices actually change signs over a 26,000 year cycle. You know, uh, because the Earth's axis is not completely stable. It's got a teeny bit of a yes. wobble, which is what the Moon brings balance to. I couldn't think of the word earlier. It's just like so nerdy, but it's so cool, and it helps people like. It just I don't know it just makes you think of the time that you're in it is really unique and these practices are always evolving and it's just a way to like tune into what why we're on earth you know because this is unique to where we are in the universe I think if you are somebody like me who has always been very daunted by books on astrology this book has actually got me over that there are a lot of books that I've tried to read and I've always struggled with this area in my craft I've been able to look at it on a surface level but there were so many bits in this that I was like I actually understand this now I actually get oh. it that's why I was like that's why I'm raving about it because there's so many that oh. I've like no <laughs> I, I've, I've not got there at all there was one part in this and obviously I read this bit a little bit 
back. So bear with me, but it was about some of the ancients when they first discovered the planets. I, you might have to help me out on this. I think that they discovered six planets. They only found six at that time, didn't they? And they built a building and there were like six different like balconies or platforms that they would oh, go oh, out to view. Yes. That blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what are you? Oh yeah. yeah. So that's so cool. Okay. This is like where, like when you're talking about like the feat of like writing a book like this I feel like every time I sit down to write a book like it's just a manifestation of all of these weird things in my life and so in college I took these classes that I was like I just wanted to take because I was interested in but they weren't necessarily they were kind of random to that extent and so like I took classes on ancient architecture you know so I was super familiar with this and this has to do you know like with the city of Ur and, and stuff like that um and so every platform and it's actually seven but then I, I, I guess it depends yeah. on how you define planet because like technically the moon is a moon it's but you know that's how we use yeah. it in astrology um and so every platform was dedicated to a different planet and the planets were seen as gods and it was just so cool with like archaeology how they're able to like see that these um platforms were different colors so they were painted or that was at least one theory I mean it's been a while since wow. I've been up to date on that but it's just so cool and like the top of these temples um you know they would watch the stars and see the star of this the movement of the planets among the stars as signs you know as messages from the deities as to what was going to be the, the energy or what was happening so it's just and astrology at that root is such a dance between observation you know divination and, and spirituality but also mathematical um features where you have to do all these calculations so it's just a beautiful dance of interpretation and observing and and all of this stuff so it can and also like different cultures have different astrological practices so western astrology is just one perspective on that um but yeah definitely that was uh that was you know the ziggurats is what they're called I'm so sorry for, I it was just early morning and all the words are like still coming out no. those are called ziggurats <laughs> um, no I love how that weaves through it honestly little little bits like that just stay with me like they really do yeah. and I, I I really love okay so another part that I kind of touched on briefly I loved the section on the elements and how they mm. relate to astrology yeah. and obviously they're so important with each planet and so on that was a real game changer for me can you talk us briefly through why we might wish to apply the elements and you know the, the element side of this within our craft and life how we can work yeah. astrology in the elements yeah, absolutely. And so astrology, again, like it can be something that's such a dense subject, you know, and I, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of things that sometimes people skip over is we understand like, okay, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, those are fire signs, but the meaning of that doesn't really extend beyond that. And when you understand the elemental, like elements are a foundational element of both witchcraft and also astrology. Um, and so I really wanted to start off with a nice chunky, I don't, let's see, I always forget in the editing process how much stays and how much gets removed. <laughs> um, well, it's not as chunky as I wrote, I wrote a lot of information um, and then, you know, you have to edit it down because, 
you want it to be approachable. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to just write these sections really talking about the elements and it makes sense when you think about it, certain things like fire and astrology relates to the identity and sense of self, you know, or sense of vitality or, you know, passion, those kinds of things that make sense. And then, you know, water is our sense of feeling, the soul, emotions. And so when you understand the elemental backdrop and then you break down, you know, cardinal versus fixed versus mutable energy. So you have the elements in both astrology and witchcraft, but then in astrology, each sign relates to a different expression of that element. Like, you know, when you think of fire, you have the candlelight, you also have the hearth fire, and then you also have like the forest fire, you know, so there's so many different expressions of each element, you know, in water, you have the tides, you know, this with the moon being influenced, but then you also have those depths, those like deep ocean, you know, Piscean, deep into the water uh, depths of the ocean. Then you also have things like lakes and streams, you know, and so the way the element expresses itself has a different energy too. And that's how you get the different signs. So basically astrology took those elements that we're familiar with already in witchcraft. And when you understand how they express or how those elements are expressed through each sign it makes more sense it becomes a foundational knowledge of like okay Aries is the cardinal or the initiating like a spark energy of fire okay well I can also even if I don't want to dive deeply into astrology I can now understand that I can work with Aries to develop a deeper connection to that expression of fire that initiating flame that initiating spark whether that's initiating sparking physical activity or passion or starting new projects or just busting through you know new pathways so it becomes a great way to also develop an elemental practice um so yeah I really wanted to start off with that elemental thing because it's we understand fire signs, water signs, earth signs, air signs, but you know what? I don't know. Maybe it's just me nerding out. I don't feel like a lot of people really dive into that elemental expression. And once you understand that, astrology becomes a lot more easier to understand. Absolutely. And you know what? I had my aha moment from this section on. I have always complained about, not complained, I, in my birth chart, my, like my top three signs are all fire so I've got Leo sun Aries moon Sagittarius rising that's a lot like nice. I, I'm struggling to cope with that <laughs> one thing I realized just reading the book and I kind of you know just never really considered it but it was the way it was laid out in the book I thought but in some respects there is some balance I appreciate you've got all of one element but you've got there like a cardinal energy uh, you've got a fixed energy, you've got a mutable energy, you know, it's kind of like there is yeah. some balance there. But I also, it was another aha moment on the element side, you know, I really realised one of my words for this year, so I've kind of got three words that I use for like my intentions and manifesting throughout the year. One of the words is grounded. And it's really funny because I've really started working with the earth element this year, hence mm. the work on the trees and the fae and things like that. And um, reading the earth bit, I was like, but that's the uh, that's the element that actually you kind of need more of because the areas that you talk about in your book, like, you know, what it relates to are some that I need to work on. And yeah, yeah but they were some of my big aha moments that I'm like applying. And 
I think the way the book's laid out just made me realize like you know in some ways it's really good and and actually you are kind of you can see what you might need to work more on um yeah I think this brings me to like my last question on the book uh this section on the birth charts was so helpful because like I said okay my take on birth charts this is the first time reading this book as I said a friend of mine lent me a book she's really really good on birth charts there's a lot of work around that it was the first time I read a book that I could piece together everything and understand more of my own chart it's to the point it's clear I know this is an area many of our witches can be lost with they really want to get into I genuinely feel like schools like should create our birth chart for us yeah. so we know what to watch <laughs> out for honestly my, like my daughter's like 15 and I've I've already done most of her birth chart and been pieced it together so I know like the pitfalls oh, nice. for her what to look out for <laughs> um <laughs> can you perhaps explain or give some insight in, you know to our witches who are like myself like you know well I'm kind of new to it but maybe to witches who are new to birth charts overall and why they might want to start working on their own yeah absolutely and I can totally understand you know because already like you've got you know I feel like anytime you develop a foundational knowledge for something in astrology it just there there's so many layers of complexity to it and so like the houses are kind of something that can can easily get confusing but really it's just a snapshot of the sky at the time you were born and so what the ancients did was uh, I should just say ancients but specifically of the, the line of western astrology which you know comes from Greek Roman uh, Mesop ancient Mesopotamia kind of a combination and a little bit of some Egyptian influences all kind of merged together to create western astrology um, but uh, basically they just forget what's happening in the sky they sectioned off portions of the sky into areas of life you know so kind of like you take a pie and like okay this area of the sky no matter what's going on it symbolizes this this area of sky is this this area of sky is that and so you can kind of when you understand that every section of the sky is all oriented of where you are in the earth because you know your horizon is going to be different um and so based off of the time you were born you know it's kind of like taking a snapshot of this area of sky what planets are here what constellations can we see etc and it kind of helps us find more meaning and so when you do understand your birth chart I mean it just explains a lot more um a lot more things for you um as far as because it's just you know I, I don't know I was like one of those people like when I was a little kid you know reading magazines my horoscope and I'm a Leo but <laughs> oh, I am oh, okay yeah. yeah 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 and so like those horoscopes for Leos never resonated for me because they always <laughs> describe Leos as like this outlandish flamboyant drama queen you awesome. know <laughs> And I was just like this, you know, but I still tried. I still tried. And the reason why is because it's so complex, even more than just your big three. It's like, what houses are the signs in, um, you know, uh, and what planets, what aspects are being made? Um, not that I talk about aspects in the book, that just becomes extra complicated um, for, for people. So, like, you know, one step at a time. But um yeah. when you understand your birth chart it makes a lot more sense it's a lot more personalized to understand okay like you know um 
my house of communication, you know, how I think, or even my house, you know, the sixth house, which kind of can express work, but also like daily patterns, you know, daily habits and stuff and what challenges you have or, you know, and each house is also associated with a sign, has plants or astrological bodies are associated with it and also an elemental energy. And so if you do understand your birth chart and you can see, okay, in this house, I have this sign, um, but I also have these planets. It makes a lot more sense, a lot more personalized of why, okay, my mind works this way. Um, even though I am a, a Leo, I have, you know, Virgo in Mercury in, in sixth house or whatever it may be, you know, and it just becomes, makes a lot more sense. But also I Absolutely. wanted to use it from the perspective of, even if you don't know your birth chart, because some people don't know what time they're born, at least if you know you're struggling in a certain section of your life, like let's say, okay, you can piece together when you know your house, okay, well, I'm really struggling with um, some of my communications or, you know, with the organizing um, with my mind, then you can look at third, the third house and say, okay, what astrological bodies are associated with the third house and use that as a way to direct your magic. Yes, 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 completely. Uh, such a, honestly I think genuinely you know the birth chart aspect of things has been if I could ask more people to look into it I would like honestly it's something I'm always um I just think is is so interesting and I think I think this is in um another lady in an interview that I Danielle Blackwood came on and she you knows she's saying mm -hmm. like every single person's birth chart is completely different like the blueprint yeah. for our life is like completely different and how amazing is that and yeah. that's always kind of stuck with me as well if you think of you know the billions of people that we have in in the world um but I I think kind of for me like discovering like my where like Lilith was mm, um yeah like Pluto energy uh things different aspects that like diff that are in what houses they're in as well that really was like a huge game changer because I you know it kind of looks at you can get a grip of where you may need to do shadow work I always feel like yes like that appears is like okay that that hit the spot that is exactly where I struggle with that is exactly what I need to work on I think there's very few people that have done their birth chart and sort of said no that doesn't relate to me at all like I've never really come across anyone that has done that but genuinely, if they could do that at school with us, yeah. <laughs> I think that would save us from so many things. Like, yeah. It needs to be on the curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it also like teaches you to I feel like honor and understand understand, but also honor more aspects of yourself because there's strengths and weaknesses to everything. You know, it's not like any of these is any of these signs or orientations are is perfect, you know. And so when you understand a little bit more on a personal level, it also becomes a way to empower your witchcraft, right? So you can know what's your strongest uh, way to maybe work with magic. So if you know, you know, what sign your house of communication, I keep talking about communication, uh, but anyway, <laughs> you know, your, uh, where your house of communication is, you know, what planets are in it, what sign, um, then you can go and personalize your communication witchcraft on that, you know, you can, uh, and that's part of the thing I did in the book too, is like, there's, oh, it's so hard because, um, there's so many different types of spells and things you can do. And I was like, okay, what's 
what are ingredients that most people can have access to? So you'll probably notice that a lot of the herbs are things that you have in your kitchen cabinet or you can get from the spice section, you know, or from the fresh herb section of your store. And also like the stones, I, cause obviously you can get really complex with the stones and stuff. I just tried to use more basic ones um, and connecting more with the energy of the crystals and things. Um, and so that way you kind of have tool accessible tools. You can obviously extend beyond that and get a lot more complicated, but at the basic level, you know, if you want to personalize your magic based off of your chart, I think that is a beautiful thing and can make it even stronger because you know what your, your strengths and your weaknesses lie. Um, and you can orient your witchcraft around that. Absolutely. I think there's so much food for thought that this interview alone, let alone your book, <laughs> is going to give people just, it's blown, honestly, my mind is blown. There are so many things I'm excited about <laughs> from reading this that I'm kind of, that I am working on. I'm, I'm not giving anything away because I know it's on your website. And obviously, like I said, I'll put the links in the show notes. But I know as well as being a very talented witch, you are also a singer. And I ask a lot of our guests, we haven't asked it recently, and I feel a bit cheeky about this. Um, so in regards to your practice, really quick question. Are there any like what music do you listen to when you're perhaps doing your rituals, doing anything witchy related? Are you happy to share? Yeah, and God, this is might be a little controversial just because I feel like my taste in music is not most people's. I will say oh, that, that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, do, I am very flexible with my music taste, and it really does change depend on what the energy is in my life, um, and how music impacts, how vibration impacts. You know, everything's yes. intertwined. You know, everything's seen as a separate section, but really, when you get into it, like, music is vibration, um, which is energy. Anyway, um, and so I use different um, musics for different things, which is not surprising. Um, mm -hmm. I will say like on a personal level, I, a lot of spells that I have done that particularly use chants or song, you know, creating a little song yeah, um, yeah that just oh my god so so powerful and have just you know been super successful um and even just you know meditating and, and moving the body a little bit um mm -hmm. incorporating a little bit of dance or movement into song and all that but uh, my favorite music to listen to is actually metal yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, love I love metal music and I feel like metal like this is it's just it depends on, I think also like what areas of your life need the most attention, right? And so like, if I'm focusing, like I will go on YouTube and I will turn on specific music to help me focus and calm the mind or, you know, I use meditation music, all of that, you know, and there's like that witchy music, like Florence and the Machine, you know, of course I listen yes. to stuff like that too, depending yep. on what I'm trying to inspire. But like metal music for me is like connecting to the root or the base energy center. It's just grounding, it's primal and survival, and it helps me feel a lot more confident. Um, which so I just love like my favorite music to listen to. Like if when I was um, a professional bartender at night, you know, energy healer by day, <laughs> it was a weird, I love that. It was not, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. And of course, you know, I incorporate everything together. Like I was never just a bartender. I was always a magical bartender offering like special cocktails for astrological transits. Like there was this trine, you know, with Neptune and Pisces and anyway, um, so creating these cocktails based off astrological energy, 
And so, uh, yeah, but when I was getting ready for a shift, I would always be listening to rock or metal music because it just grounds you in the physical, helps you feel more like sensual um, because it's got that nice, heavy drum beat in it, you know? And so that, that really is my favorite music. But of course, you know, sometimes I don't want to listen to metal. Sometimes I need to listen to more of that, like hippie Florence and the Machine, like feeling cosmic music. Um, oh, yeah. That's the song I would absolutely have to think of you with, like Cosmic Love, her song. Yes, that is a big one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly the exact one. And so, I, you know, you listen to a song like Cosmic Love and it's just like, inspires you and uh it, it they of course they oriented the song to make it sound like stars are in the song you know with the I can just hear it in my head right now the movements yeah um with yeah the little background that like sounds like twinkling stars and stuff um which is a terrible description of that but no it's, a good <laughs> it's such a powerful song like different absolutely I think you, you touched on like the vibrations and so on and for me like music is so powerful for me to kind of like just yeah. shift my energy and like you say there are some energy there are some like beats and so on and obviously we know that anyway that they use that there's such a power yeah. like they connect to the universe so much and and honestly like it, it's always a question I ask because I do think that sound is such an important you know thing to use like you know if you think about we use bells and we use like wind ch- you know yeah. chime, things like that and even in like really you know we know in like I don't know like druid ceremonies and religious rites and so on it's, it's yeah. so like important and it's always been so revered so why would we not kind of bring that to our own craft yeah it, and it really it's like I would invite everyone listening even though this isn't a podcast about singing <laughs> if you you feel inspired like try doing a spell with singing you know where your your chant is just a little little song or a little line and you add rhythm to it and like the rhythm adds emphasis I mean it just try that and it just I feel like anytime I do that with my spell work it just flies you know because there's that that rhythm that song that beat that melody that just empowers the work even more and to connect this back to astrology, because um, it, it was making me think of like when you're talking about sound and like a lot of, so the astrological sign that is most often associated with music is, is Pisces. You know, when you think of works yeah. that envelop and invoke emotion, but I actually like, even for, you know, air signs, you know, when you think of the vibration moving through the air. And so there was that meditation I put in there that, um, for Aquarius season of kind yeah. of noticing the difference, the meditation with, with the sound of, um, I have to see, I included an option for a bell, but even like with using a little bit of like a rattle or music to notice the difference of when there is sound and when there's silence. Um, and it really just helps bring more context to the, the power of that vibration um and air and sound has to do with uh, witchcraft and astrology oh I love that honestly thank you because that's such a good some of the bits you've given there are just so 
Um, we've never really got into that on that question on the podcast, but I don't think I've really started to recognize recently how powerful it is. And even things like linking to spirit and angels and the fae, like they say that there are a lot of fae sightings when people have been playing instruments or singing, like they're drawn to that. There yeah. is like this universal energy or spirit, you know, there is this otherworldly energy that is very attracted to that and yeah I definitely think it's part of something that I'm kind of you know integrating more and more into my own practice but yeah. thank you Julia <laughs> it has been I knew that's why I love you because you're a Leo but no I <laughs> no, I have absolutely loved having you on I'm so so grateful is there anything um, I will add all your details to the show notes um if there's anything that you wish to add now, speak now, forever hold your peace. Uh, anything you <laughs> want to let the listeners know about, um, I'll hand over to you. But yeah, is there anything that we need to know? Anything that you want to tell us about that we need to look out for from you right this moment? Um, as, as far as well, personal projects, not necessarily. Um, I, I My main page is Witchcraft Cocktails. That's where I, I do my recipes, but also also have non-drink related stuff for anyone that doesn't care for that um, over on juliahalinahattis.com. But the main thing I would just, you know, to put a little bow on everything is, you know, this stuff can be really overwhelming. And I think the the best advice for anyone learning anything is to research and learn, um, you know, reference as much stuff as possible. But at the end of the day, always integrate what works best for you. We all have so many different cultural backgrounds, so many different personal experiences in life. And it can be so easy to get overwhelmed or overcomplicate, or I have to do something on a certain day. You know, at the end of the day, research and tune into your own personal experience life in life and take what works for you and leave what doesn't. Oh, I love love this. Honestly, um, thank you so much for coming on, Julia. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a blast. I've loved talking to you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.